All right, I got my notes prepared. It's going to be a great Halloween show. I think it's going to be awesome. I think somebody's at the door. I better go get that. Luckily, I have enough time, and I'm not recording this. Who is it? Happy Halloween, it's my favorite time of the year, and I think my guests as well. This is the Super Cool Radio Halloween special. We have a great show in store for you. I am host, Count Super Coop, not Matthew Thomas. He's gone for today. <laughs> I have the perfect person from, uh, with me at this time. She's always in the Halloween spirit, all year round with the spooky season. Joining me from Detroit, Michigan, a good friend of the show, and the lead vocalist of Elsie Binks. Please welcome Aaron Aquamondo. Hey, here I am. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with me. Yeah. Uh, it's only been almost two years. I know. I can't believe that that was already two years ago, but I'm really, really, really happy that I'm back to be on the Halloween the special. <laughs> yeah, well, if anyone didn't know, the first ever interview on Super Cool Radio over 170 episodes ago was with Elsie Banks. It was in the RV back in Battle Creek, Michigan in January of 2020. That's so insane. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for coming back here on Super Cool Radio, especially for Halloween. I've talked to a few different people. Actually, I saw Phil uh, when I was covering a music festival. Uh, he's with uh, Reckless Revival. Mm -hmm. I was talking to him about it back in August. And it was like, I'm going to have Aaron on for my Halloween show. And he's like, dude, that is perfect. perfect person you could get. Yeah. And then also, I don't think people know, like, there's a huge connection between Super Cool Radio and LC Binks. Not only the guitarist Johnny Neville, uh, he uh, created the intro music for Super Cool Radio, but also Trish uh, created the sweet looking Super Cool Radio logo as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, not too many people are aware of that. If, if not, huge connection right there. Yeah. I love the music Johnny created as well. I love it. I do too, especially my guidelines was, I just want something that sounds cool. He's like, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> He's the only person who could take that and be like, I think I know exactly what you want. Not many people can do that. No, it was awesome. And he added the super cool, he actually says super cool radio in the, logo, in the in the intro. And I was like, dude, that is awesome. I think he sent it to us after you like approved it and you were good. Cause he was proud of it. He was like, oh my gosh, look what I did. Like he asked me to do this. I think, or maybe he shared it on social media. I think that could have been it. Sure. But either way I heard it and I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, both the, the intro and the logo just, 
so well done, especially with my minimal guidelines of right. just cool. <laughs> and for the intro uh, and for the logo as well, that was kind of my guidelines. I actually based it off a uh, drum head uh, Trish painted. Oh, that was I think I knew that the icy one, the icy, yeah, mm -hmm. which turned into a shirt. Yeah. So yeah, uh, which is awesome. Really, really glad you're here. Really awesome. I know it's been way too long. I think it's Kevin crazy. commented on one of my posts. I was like, who was your first interview? Was it us? And I was like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> All right, so since this is the Halloween special, I, drinking nice tea right now with my nice Jason mug. Uh, Pure evil or per evil. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. All right, so this is the Halloween special. So we're talking about all things Halloween, spooky season, horror, everything, which is all right up your alley. Uh, so I, I put together my top five. Um, I think you did you did as well as I asked. <laughs> I have I have like or a top, top fifty. <laughs> top. It's like top fifty. I'm not even joking. <sighs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> I was well. I, I had more than I wanted to put on, but I was like, I want to go with these because I can at least talk about them. Because someone's like, I haven't seen these in forever, so I'm probably gonna forget some details. But before we get to the top five, have you seen the new Halloween Kills movie? Yes, we watched it Friday night. Nice. Yeah, I did too. I didn't realize it was streaming on the Peacock service, so I was like, huh, I got time on Sunday. Let me watch. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I honestly did. Uh, just well, obviously it's it's super super murdery. Uh, yeah, the kill count is pretty high. Pretty pretty high kill count. It's a, I think at least twenty. I mean, it took out eleven right away within like twenty minutes or something. Like the firefighters was all like eleven. I think it was eleven or twelve. Yeah, it was a lot right at, right in the first scene there. Yeah, which also there's probably gonna be movie spoilers. So if anyone wants oh God, to watch, yeah, it, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> We're, we're probably going to spoil a little bit, but I, I, I really enjoyed the, the story of it, uh, especially like the people trying to get him, even though yeah. trying to get Michael Myers is a bad idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that um, I was really excited when they introduced all of these old cameos for the sake of nostalgia, like because it is such an old franchise. I loved that they did that, but I feel like they did them dirty. They did a lot of those cameos dirty. Like they didn't give them anything to do. And then the only person who had anything to do wasn't an original cameo, Michael Anthony Hall. Like he was the only one who like had anything to do. But I was like Googling it. I'm like, was he the original Tommy Doyle? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> but he Not wasn't. Either. And I was like, why couldn't it have been Paul Rudd? I would have appreciated that more. Like, you know, I don't know. It's But overall, like it was a good movie. It was entertaining. Um, I love, I think my favorite part of the movie was Big John, Little John, who didn't love. That was my favorite too. Yeah, that was and, probably mine and Trish's favorite part of the movie. And even their death scene when you see them, I thought it was so well done. It was. Yeah, that was, it was. I, that was my favorite too. And it's like, I just really adored that they, they so like, obviously the Michael Myers franchise isn't known for comic relief. <laughs> They are not one of the slasher franchises that have any comic relief at all. Um, so I I personally, I live for like comic relief and horror. You'll see that common commonality in my lists. Um, so for me, that really added to it. But I, I know a lot of people didn't like it because it's that's not a franchise known for comic relief. So I liked it. No, I thought that was 
I, I honestly liked it because of how it played out. And because, the, the, as you said, the franchise is super serious. There's mm-hmm. not much. No, you know, I think I think H2O is the only one that's like, it's a little bit comic relief-y. <laughs> and it's my favorite one. Surprise. Like, you know, but I thought, because as a franchise, you have to evolve. You know, I think that, that was like the 11th or 12th movie. I don't exactly remember the actual count. I don't either. It's up there, but like I think you have to include some different uh, nuance because how many times you can kill a bunch of people, which is cool. I'm, I don't have no problem with that. But you got to include some different elements in there to evolve the franchise. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. And I don't, I don't know the whole mom mentality thing was actually like a little bit triggering in in the times that we're dealing with right now, just in general. And so, like, I think that was one way they tried to make it evolve. Like the storyline was bigger than Michael's going to get us. It's Oh, well, we're going to get him. I, but I don't, I think it fell short. I think it fell short. I thought something they could have pursued that they didn't was the, uh, the escaped, uh, um, yeah, not inmate. Uh, it was, um, uh, me- mental patient. Um, uh, yeah. uh, I forgot how they, how they phrased that, but, mm-hmm. um, I wish they would expand that a little bit more. He only had, I think three scenes. Yeah. Uh, and I felt bad for the guy. I mean, yeah, because uh, after they realized it wasn't him, people were still going after him. And I thought that was I mean, I understand the point they were trying to make, but um, I just wish I wish he had a little bit more time. I don't think that was some that wasn't a subplot. They really uh, ventured down uh, at all. Yeah. And I feel like almost maybe they were worried about um, how long the movie was. It's short. It, it is. It, it, it was short for for what it was because most horror movies aren't more than an hour and a half but this could have been two hours easily and i would have rather seen some other stuff like you said like a little bit more fleshed out here and there um and it felt it i mean everybody who's a fan of the franchise knows it is the middle of a trilogy so it felt like exactly that it didn't accomplish much of anything it was a good piece of entertainment but like it didn't really move the story forward i'm kind of curious how they're gonna wrap up that trilogy because the franchise i mean even with uh halloween kills which as we kind of said there's you know issues you know a few issues with the movie i think the box office weekend it made like 50 million dollars or something ridiculous yeah stupid amounts of money it, it prints money so like i'm curious how they're going to try to wrap up this trilogy but i also know Probably down the line, a few years later, five-ish years later, they're going to do more Halloween movies because it just prints money. Yeah. Michael Myers never dies. It doesn't matter if you put it in the title or if you make that promise in the movie. He doesn't die. If he's making money, he's on that screen. (laughs) I wish they would say, can we kill him? No, he just keeps making money. We can't. No, we can't kill him. No, he just keeps popping up out of the grave, throwing dollar bills everywhere. He's making it rain. What do you want? That'd be good. I wish. <laughs> I wish they would do that. Right. We know what you're doing. Just please. I mean, we can just admit it. It'll be fine with me. Right. <laughs> oh, it's a great franchise, though. I really did enjoy the movie. No, I did too. I, I mean, you know, other than a few things I meant, it was still like just purely watching it for fun. Uh, if if you like uh, body counts of bloodlust. Uh, it's definitely a movie for you. That is, that's a really good slug line. Yep, body count and bloodlust. You're good to go. 
But I thought they did it well, though. I mean, how many how many ways can you kill somebody? Uh, I mean, they they had quite a few different ways. Yeah, there were some original kills. Yeah. Yeah, but a couple times we were just rendered like speechless, like oh, like oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, when he when he stabbed the lady with the the broken light, that got me. Yeah, like, you know it's I, about to happen, but like you don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I know, like the the glass, like I I've worked with like light tubes and stuff. That stuff, it's super sharp. So like yeah. just knowing that is like oh dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was for what it was. It was good for, as you said, uh, uh, the middle of a trilogy. It was what it was, yeah. but it, it's Halloween. You really can't go wrong with it. If as mm-hmm. long as there's people dying and Michael Byers is stabbing people, I mean, can you go wrong? I don't think so. That's what you came for, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now, without further ado, our top five horror movie Halloween movie list. Uh, if you want, I could start. You can start either one. I have so many. There's so many subgenres of horror. I'm like the the perfect person to talk about this, but also like the wrong perfect, the wrong person because I I literally there's so many subgenres. Matthew, what am I supposed to do? How do I pick one? <laughs> <laughs> you go first, and then based uh, on what you say, I'll kind of go. I'll go with it. Well, I've I got a few interesting ones in there, but I think okay. you're gonna be. I assume you're going to be familiar with all of them. Yeah, there's a chance I won't be. Who knows? I'd be very surprised. (laughs) All right. So my number five spot, I know you're familiar with this movie because I know we've talked about it on the stream uh, when it first came out. It was uh, Colorado Space. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, for Nick Cage's first like psychological horror movie, I thought it was amazing. Uh, just uh, how the, obviously the storytelling, the kind of the slow build, and then just kind of the super out there ending and mm-hmm. all the things leading to that. I thought it was really good. And seeing Tommy Chong in a horror movie surprised me, but he did it. His character was amazing. His character was awesome too. Uh, so I really liked it just for uh, Nick Cage uh, in a horror movie. Yeah. That's, I mean, I actually really enjoyed that movie. I didn't, I didn't read anything about it. I was told yeah. that I needed to watch it, and that was it. So, like, walking into that movie with no expectation, I would recommend it to everybody, but it's like, you kind of just have to be, like, be open-minded. <laughs> you really have to be for that movie. Yeah. Um, there, There's so many turns in that and just weird stuff that uh, happens. And there's, honestly, like, there's not a super, uh, again, there's a few spoilers, but, like, there's not a super huge... <laughs> uh resolution to it either i mean we understand what happens but we don't know like what caused it what was there it kind of just disappears mm-hmm. but yeah i can't describe it any more than that so i, right. I do agree you definitely have to watch it. my favorite scene though is nick cage getting mad that the car won't start and he's punching the roof yes <laughs> that, that was unhinged. Cage. yeah totally unhinged just and the fact that he almost is impersonating Donald Trump in the process. As it goes on, yes. Yeah, it's like, is he doing that? Like, the first time it happened, it's like, did, he, did you just see, wait, am I, we're watching the same movie, right? Like, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was just, again, the kind of comic relief yeah. uh, in the horror movie. I thought it was funny. I don't, he does so many wacky uh, voices in movies anyway. 
and or in a bad Southern accent, if anyone has watched Con Air. Um, yes, yes, I love Con Air. <laughs> I do too. I love it. Someone who's I watched a video of someone breaking down his accent. He's like, "This isn't anything right for a Southern accent." He's not doing anything correctly. No. <laughs> but it's just funny, uh, and yeah, that kind of subtle nod. That I mean, if he was doing it. I think it's funny. If he wasn't doing it on purpose, I think it's funny. So either way. Either way. I think, so I think what I'm going to try to do is like, okay, so that's like a category, right? That's kind of like a creature feature, psychological type of movie. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to pick from my giant list and try to like match that with kind sure. of something that goes along with it. Um, so I think I'm going to go, because this is kind of a creature feature. I think I'm going to go with Cabin in the Woods to match this. It's a creature feature, right? It's it's not exactly psychological, but it's 100% like creature feature, if you will. Yeah. Um, there are some sort of alien creatures in it without spoiling. But that's one of my favorite movies. I get, We're like, fuck it all. We're spoiling everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's a Halloween special. If you, fuck it. If you haven't movies. seen these movies yet, I'm not going to talk about any movies that came out like this year. So nothing Other is than newer Halloween than Halloween Kills. kills. Like, so, <laughs> we're just ruining like every, everything. I know. Um, and, like Cabin in the Woods is, is one of my favorite creature features. Also, this is I'm going to count this as a creature feature as well. Have you ever seen The Taking of Deborah Logan? I have not. I've not heard it of is, it either. It is a found footage film, and I I will have to get back to you on which place it's streaming because it is streaming somewhere. Yeah, let me um, know. Definitely. It is one of the scarier like creature features I've ever seen. And I'm a huge fan of found footage. It's probably my favorite subgenre of horror. So, so yeah, those I would I would say that those are my two biggest like creature features. If I look too hard at my list, I'm gonna change my mind. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched too much found footage. The actually one I've seen is VHS, which is that is what it it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't go past VH the original. V, yeah, VHS the original because the rest are just kind of yeah. <laughs> See, I've seen the first two, um, and the original is on my list. Um, but I've only seen the first two. I heard the third one wasn't great, but I heard the fourth one that just came out was actually really good. I didn't know about the fourth one, see. It just came out like last wow. week. So oh. yeah, like it's like brand spanking new. Yeah, I think it's on shutter. So like I, I'm still I want to watch the third one before I watch this fourth one. Not that it matters because they're just anthologies anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna ruin anything for it. the third one. I think it has an interesting story to it. I'll just leave it at that. I think it's different. It's different from the rest. I just like my my favorite uh, scene. I guess I don't know was actually the opening of VHS two. I thought that that was really uh, good when the guy had the he had the uh, he had to put a fake eye like a robotic eye in and then he could oh, see ghosts. Yeah. I thought that was that was super well done because like he, yeah. he looks like he's looking around and like someone's behind him like and stuff. I thought that was really well done. I thought the rest of the movie was kind of eh mm-hmm. for the rest of it because I mean you started off really hot and then it's hard mm-hmm. to follow that up. Yeah, there's something just really super unsettling about those movies. Like they're they're a whole other level of like terrifying. They're <sighs> I don't know what they're just really unsettling because of how well they're made. Like just. The effects that they use are so effective. Like, oh, it's just real creepy. It's like, if you don't want to sleep, watch those. <laughs> I think that's almost with any horror movie, though. 
Oh, see, some of them don't bother me, but like just because of how effective sometimes when practical effects are just really well done in a and convincing manner, I'm just like, great. Now I'm not sleeping. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think also kind of the VHS, it's not low budget, but like some of like the, the how the scene starts, how the scene ends, you get the fuzziness, the the, mm -hmm. the static. I think that also adds to it too, is just like uh yeah. It kind of just ends. There's not like, you know, oh, this, oh, now it's a natural ending. It's like, here's a bunch of static. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is also kind of ominous, kind of like the paranormal activities, how they just start yes. and they just end. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is a whole other level of ominous. No, ominous. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, jump back to my list. So, the fourth one. Yeah. I actually, I was talking to someone who's a huge fan of this one, and uh, he's like, I don't think, I'd be curious if your guest knows about this one. It's the original Trick or Treat. I forget what year it's from. I think it's the 80s. It is from the 80s. No, uh, I've only seen not familiar. No, I've only seen the one from 2007. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm surprised. I, I, I bet no. that he that you would know about it. He's like, I don't think so. So No, I have. I didn't even know that there was a, it, so is the 2007 one a remake? Yeah, uh, well, let's see. Because there's a few different, they all have like almost similar names. Because like there's Trick or Treat without the O. It's like apostrophe R. That uh -huh. was in 2009. There's or, Trick yeah. or Treat. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. And then there's Trick, which I think is, that was two years ago, which I think is part of the franchise. Really? Um, but yeah, the original Trick or Treat is, 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 what I liked about it, it was, it's rock and roll based. Like there's, there, there's a ghoul or a demon or whatever it was that uh, uses rock and roll to kill people it's pretty funny it, it's kind of funny it, it it takes place it's like a high school horror like you know it's high school kids in a horror movie pretty much uh i haven't seen it in a while but my favorite scene from it was that um so the demon's playing music and like he shoots his, uh, uh he play, he's playing guitar and he shoots his guitar at somebody and um it just uh the person evaporates and then like, someone just steps up closer I'm like, wouldn't you freak out if someone just got vaporized in front of you? Instead, of like, oh yeah, we were at a concert, no problem, it happens. That, that is funny. <laughs> the, that's my favorite scene from. Yeah, I definitely. I have, check I have to write that down. I'm like, I need to like write that down somewhere in in my phone. Like, watch original trick. Well, I'll watch. Remember I'll, what I'll, year it is? 1980. What? Uh, I want to. I think it's like 84, 85. I want to say it's mid 80s. Close enough. I'll be able to find it. I'm putting yeah. it in my list of things to watch. But yeah. I, I do have like the perfect one to go along with that, which Good. is one of my favorites of all time, of all time, is Idle Hands. Have you ever seen Idle Hands? I have not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was made, I don't know exactly what year, but it's the 90s. It's Devin Sawa, Jessica Elba, Seth Green. Um, who else is it? There's, there's, I'm probably like missing somebody, but um, it is the stupidest and best 90s movie. Uh, it's, it probably came on around the same time as like Final Destination or so, because that Devin Sawa looks like the same. Like it was like his prime, and it's about how he's, he's basically just like this, this kid in high school who doesn't do anything. He just sits around, smokes pot all day, just stoner, doesn't do anything. And the devil, not the devil, but I guess an entity that they don't actually ever say in the movie, an entity possesses his hand, but only his hand. 
and his hand kills people without him knowing. <laughs> Just watch the movie. It's so stupid, but it's actually not bad. Like it's a good movie and it's pretty funny. Um, but that's that's one of my favorite like stupid movies. Like, because it's not, it's not a bad movie. Like it's pretty well made. It had a pretty big budget. Like the effects are really good. Um, and I'm kind of a Devin Sawa freak. So like I'll watch all the special features and, and everything. And like, I'll spoil one thing, but like, it's not that big of a spoiler. Uh, but he cuts off the hand because that's where the story goes. But I feel like if you've ever seen Evil Dead, you know that that's what's going to happen. Yep. So it's this big giant nod to Evil Dead, basically. Um, but he cuts off the hand in the movie. And then they didn't do a blue screen or green screen on the end of his arm. They just tucked his whole arm under like this. And like this was the stump. But like his he like went method so hard that like he almost actually had to get his arm amputated because of the circulation issues that he had. Dang. That, that's yeah. commitment. Right. It's fucking commitment. Like, I just, I love the shit out of Devin Sawa. I adore him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. I think, I think that's on Hulu, I want to say. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's streaming, but it's worth, if you yeah. got to rent it, it's honestly worth a couple bucks to rent because it's a solid movie. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because it, 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 sound, it sounds good. And the, the commitment to doing that, to you almost lose an arm, that's impressive. Yeah, he almost actually had to get it amputated because he like would not let them take any of the stuff off he wanted to just you know live in the in the in the moment with the prosthetic on and everything and he eventually had to he knew something was wrong but like that's it makes watching the movie like a little creepier because you're like damn he must have been in so much pain you just never know you never know yeah or or at least a numbness or something something where you know especially if there's a blood circulation then you don't feel anything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my third one I think you're going to be familiar with I believe it was released earlier this year end of last year I don't remember uh, Three from Hell Rob Zombie's Three from Hell yeah uh, that was my favorite Rob Zombie movie because uh, of the really? story yeah really interesting uh, either that or Devil's Rejects those two okay. are my favorites because um, they both have good stories and it's you know they obviously continue one another mm-hmm because uh, some of them, like, I, I won't ruin too much, but some of them just, I don't feel like there's a complete ending to them. It's like, oh, yeah. 90 minutes, uh, we're done. That's a, we're, that's a wrap. We're we're not going any farther. And I feel like some could, I wish some would have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. But I just, I like Three from How, just the, the story. And uh, obviously, it, I feel like it kind of goes along with Halloween Kills. Like they're trying to find uh, the Devil's Rejects, the three of them. And um, so I, I just, I don't know, I feel like it, it's kind of uh, goes along with that for some reason. But uh, I thought the story was really well done. And, it, and there is an actual ending to it, which is what I really right. enjoyed. Yeah, I think that my favorite Rob Zombie is probably The Devil's Rejects. But honestly, like, I, I thought Three from Hell was really, really enjoyable. Like, it was really solidly made. Um, but I think, I, I think personally, Devil's Rejects was a little bit stronger just over overall the movie making itself i think for me was stronger but again three from hell is a solid choice that's yeah, yeah. i almost wanted to tie them but i was like i'm gonna give the nod to three from hell because i i just liked it a little bit more like the devil's rejects i did like um i think there's more character development in that and like mm -hmm. you see them at their place at their house 
which I love that house set, by the way. Yeah. And uh, so, but I, I liked both of them almost equally. And I think for me, like, I was obsessed. This is going to sound weird, but, like, I feel like other other people will relate. I was obsessed with learning about the Spawn Ranch and Charlie Manson for a while when I was younger. And so, like, the fact that the Devil's Rejects was kind of taking literal events, an actual thing that happened, and then, like, putting a spin on it in, like, Texas Chainsaw way. Like, the, uh, like the family itself was, like, a Texas Chainsaw kind of thing, but also took place at this ranch that very much resembled Spawn Ranch. I, I'm just, I'm super drawn to those characters. Like, the Firefly family is just, they're, it, it's well-written. It's well-written, uh, um, um, I was trying to, character development. <laughs> yes. It's very well written. And uh, you better believe Devil's Rejects is in this list. I'm not going to, I'm trying to think of like which one goes along well with Three from Hell though. Like where, where like the, where the, the um, protagonists are the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, like who are the tragic here? Actually, Lords of Salem is on my list as well. I hated the ending, but, but I loved the rest of it. <laughs> I, no, um, I thought the the visual appeal of that whole album, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Again, I wish it just had five more minutes, <laughs> like just to kind of fully wrap up that ending. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, hmm. Where are the protagonists? Actually, I'll go. I'm going to answer with. It doesn't. The vibe is totally wrong, but the protagonists are the bad guys, and I'm going to go with. Seed of Chucky. I can see that. I can see that. I Chucky's one of my favorite horror franchises, and honestly, it's hard for me to choose my favorites. I have lesser favorites, but but like mm, Bride and Seed and Cult of Chucky are mm, up there. But like I would say Seed of Chucky trying to match the protagonists, the villains. Like there are no other protagonists. Like the whole story is about the killers. They are your tragic heroes, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the whole franchise has been very well done, I think. Uh, I think Didn't they just come out with a new one? Like last yes. year? Well, well, Cult of Chucky came out in 2019. Okay, maybe, two years. Maybe 18. But the show just premiered last Tuesday. Oh, did it? Yes. On sci-fi. I feel like this is just like a big old advertisement for all new horror. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just started on sci-fi last Tuesday and which means it's on tonight. I forgot it's Tuesday. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out of loop of all the new shows, uh, coming out. I think, didn't they reboot Scream too? I want to say. They rebooted Scream years ago on MTV. Yeah, no, I think they're, they're trying to do it again. I think the movie, the, the next actual installment though, like the next movie with all the main characters is January 14th. They just released that trailer, I think, this past week. It was, listen, last week was a big week for horror. That's Three separate franchises got re, two got rebooted, like, initially, and the Scream trailer got released. So, like, a lot's going on. <laughs> I feel like I know a little bit of, a little information that ties into everything else that you say. Like, did they do this? Yes, they did this last week. <laughs> I don't realize how much I pay attention until I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know that. So I thought I saw something about that. That's why. Uh, all right. Very good. All right. Uh, this is honestly, that was a perfect <laughs> lead into my, 
to my second movie, which is the original Scream. Yes. Because I mean, I, I don't know. There's not much I can uh, really say because just the whole thing is fantastic. And I will yeah. say on the record, Matthew Lillard, one of my favorite actors, super underrated Same. with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when he's gone, people are like, oh, my gosh, he's so good. So I'm saying it right now because I know. He is one of my favorite actors of all time. All time. He's hanging on my wall with an autograph. I have met him. I He was so nice. I adore Matthew Lillard. Like, I, I have not fangirled over many people. <laughs> and he's one of those people. I adore him. Adore him. Yeah. It, Ever yeah, since I, I, like, just all the things. What's funny about that is most people who aren't, like, horror, horror fans know Matthew Lillard from, like, either um scooby-doo or like without a paddle was kind of a mainstream movie as well but like i know him because of slc punk and scream like and 13 ghosts which is also on my list um just don't get me started on matthew lillard i love him that's all i agree i love him scream is on my list I, scream one and four are my favorites i haven't seen see i've only, i've seen the original three i've not seen the fourth one which that was a few years ago i want to say um i think it was like it might have been like eight years ago. Oops. Because <laughs> I lived in a different city when it came out, and that city was actually only about 20 or 30 minutes from where a lot of it was shot. Really? A lot of the, a lot of it was shot here in Michigan, yeah. Nice. Um, in Northville and Plymouth. And I lived kind of close. I don't live anywhere near those anymore, but I used to live kind of close over there. And so it's been five years since I lived over there. And that's why I say, like, I think it was like maybe seven or eight years ago. <laughs> I'm not good with years. Uh Except like music. I know when stuff was released in albums, but that's it. Um, <laughs> see, I'm, see, I'm that way about movies. I, I, I'm usually able to pinpoint a couple years, but Scream 4, honestly, it was a solid installment. I recommend it. I, I do recommend watching it, especially if you're going to go out of your way to see Scream 5. Which I got to work on that <laughs> coming up soon. I have to get, got to get four in. But yeah, uh, but real quick about Matthew Lerner, I saw him on a, a drama, a TV show. Uh, a few years ago, he was on FBI, and I was like, "That looks a lot like Matthew Lillard." And I see the credit, I was like, "That was," and just his character—he was um, a former agent who uh, had a mental breakdown and started killing people. Oh, it, it was so well done. Like his acting, well, I mean, as you know, it was just so well done. But it's interesting to see him in a TV show. Yeah, it was—it was very different, but like it was—it was really well done. And they had him in for two shows: it was part one, part two. That's and awesome. It, it was really good. I, uh, I, I, well, I don't want to spoil the ending for you if you want to see it, but I, I enjoyed his last scene in the show because it kind of fit in with the horror movie style. Interesting. He, he was also in the movie Descendants with George Clooney. This was quite a while ago. And he also plays a really serious character. It's, it's kind of not like a great... It's a, good, it's a really good movie, but like his character isn't that great, but it was really interesting to watch him in something else. You know what I mean? Just like anything but what he normally does. <laughs> so that's probably why it's just fun to watch him do something else because he got typecasted for so long, just kind of stuck in this weird, goofy comic relief thing, which he does so well. But, yeah. and he was also in the Twin Peaks um, reboot. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so mm-hmm. out of the 
loop about any shows or movies that happened 10 years 10 years ago to present i'm so out of the loop with oh yeah scream happened a few years ago no matthew it happened eight years ago no. what are you talking about? <laughs> you're close listen time flies and it's still 2020 basically like nobody knows it's about to be 2022 okay like it's the last two whole years have kind of just like so we're all behind in the way we think about how content comes out like it's hard it's difficult i don't know wait i didn't actually give you an answer for a number two though <laughs> i just agreed with you <laughs> that would have been yeah. good though um let's see so slashers i'm gonna go with a slasher and my favorite slasher movie okay so outside of the big ones we're just gonna call those like we already know they're my favorites we already know scream and chucky and also um honorable mention i'm i love freddy those are my top three slashers however there was a slasher movie that nobody's ever seen and it's called behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon and it is the oh, one of the have you seen it i've not you need to go see it well not go see it you stream it um it is it's it's at least 10 years old. it might actually be like 15 years old but it is a mockumentary style about a serial killer living in the world and his name is Leslie Vernon. And it's incredible. It's one of my favorite, again, it's found footage, but it's not found, it's mockumentary. So it's, you know, documentary style. It is one of my hands down favoritest. I made that up. It's one of my, one of my favorite movies of all time outside of Halloween time. You know, you know, every day is Halloween for me. So like I live and breathe horror every day, but this movie, I was like offended that I had never seen it. I didn't see it until maybe four years ago or so, maybe three. And it was because Amazon Prime was like, hey, you should watch this movie. <laughs> and I was like, I read the premise and it's like, you know, a, a documentary journalist filmmaker follows around a serial killer for, you know, X amount of days, whatever. And, and, and I was like, oh, my God, why have I never seen this? <laughs> it's incredible. You need to watch it. The actor who plays Leslie Vernon is so talented. He reminds me a lot of... um. Ethan Hawke's like his his style of acting um it's one of my favorite movies of all time all time yeah I heard you talk about it on a twitch stream uh, almost two years ago when you when you yeah. first started doing that it's, I, I, it's like literally one of the most unheard of underrated mockumentaries I've I just I feel bad for the filmmakers it deserves so much better than it ever got I'm gonna have to definitely check it out. I have it. It's on Prime. Well, it was when I saw it, so yeah. I would just search for it and see. Yeah. Um, but it probably. My guess is it's still on Prime. Okay, I don't have yeah. Prime, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny. Amazon's like, we know you very well. You should watch this. Thank us later. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I'm not even mad about it. Not mad. Uh, uh, my number one. I did. I tried not to go super obvious for all my ones, but I feel like this has, it, it's it's probably super obvious if you know me, if people like know me. So um, it, it's the original Halloween. That, that's number one. I, I mean, it, it's awesome. It, it, my friend, as I was talking about him with my, you know, talking to him about my list, he's like, it's a masterpiece, dude. I, I understand you're trying to go not so obvious, but it's hard not to with uh, the number one slot. Yeah. It's, but it's just such a beautiful piece of film. Like, I know exactly why it's your number one. Like, it's okay that, that the original masterpiece of Halloween, like, it was just hard to beat that. John Carpenter did an incredible job. 
And he really did invent the horror wheel <laughs> a little bit. Like, yeah, it was terrifying. Oh, yeah. And, like, for a, a character that doesn't speak at all, and really, there's not a whole lot of character. I know some movies later on tried to give a character vote, but, but for having a character just like that and have it be super successful, like, we're talking about the newest one now, what, mm -hmm. 30 years later? Something like that. Yeah. What was the, what was the original of the 70s? Yeah. 78 or before it might i was thinking 76 but you could be right i actually don't know <laughs> i don't remember in, you know in the 70s it's now 2021 so you know right that's 40 to maybe 50 years depending on yeah. exactly what age <laughs> yeah which is not good for me anyways same not good not good at all but yeah to have it be so successful like even to now it was the, the perfect framework for everything all the characters that um needed to be there to either continue on or just develop the story were there. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Loomis, one of my favorite characters of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, for it, It's always interesting what how they do, how they portray him in every one. I think Rob Zombie's, I thought was the most, I think he was in the most, I want to say, for the first Rob Zombie one. I Maybe. Think. I mean, I, I don't remember. I do love the Rob Zombie ones. Those are solid movies. Yes, I was, I was tempted to put those on there, but I was like, I got to go with the original. I have to go with the nod to the original. Uh, because it started it all. It literally started everything. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's a great pick. I was trying to see like what's one of the oldest movies I have on my list. But honestly, like, I don't know. That's a hard one to match. That's a really hard one to match. I think that um, this uh, it's not really a horror. I guess it's kind of a horror movie. I might have two answers for my number one. Go for it. You're, you're the guest. You can have as many as you want. Oh, good. Because I have this whole list of, of 50 movies. I wasn't kidding, Matthew. I wasn't kidding. I No, I knew you were serious when you said that. I was like, I was the top three. And I'm like, well, I have more than that. I have like 50. Okay, top five. Oh, but I made this list last year is the best part. Um <laughs> I made it last October for a social media post. And I was like, oh, perfect. I don't even have to remake the list. Um, so I'm going to go with two because, okay, I mentioned it earlier, but like my two favorite, like subgenres, some subgenres of horror. Number one is found footage. And number two is like horror comedy. Um, and so I think that even though they're not like classic movies, I'm going to go with like another one that like nobody's ever heard of. And it's called Hell House LLC. Um, there's three of them. The first two are very, very good. The third one goes a little wonky, but the first two are so good that like we kept the lights on at night and they're found footage and they're very scary. They're about this, this group of kids. No, they're probably not kids. They're probably in their mid twenties um, who make, uh, they create haunted houses during, you know, spook season and they go and find an abandoned hotel and do what they're going to do. But very, very quickly realize that the hotel is abandoned for a reason. And um, so that the first movie is that. And then the second movie is the media. What happened at this house then goes meta. And the second one is about what the fuck happened at this haunted house. It's so fucked and so good. <laughs> and they're called Hell House LLC. Like, you know, like literally limited liability corporation um and uh they're on shutter 
they're really fucking good. Um, and I didn't discover them until a couple of years ago. And I think the first one came out in 2016, maybe. But they're such they're they're not OK. They're no John Carpenter. OK, but they're still very good. They're still very good. Um, and then I think I think my other answer, because I have to have some comedy because the Hell Houses don't really have any comic relief at all. They're pretty serious, pretty spooky. Um, if you don't like clowns, maybe don't watch them. But if you're fine with clowns, it's fine. Um, it's hard because I have a couple like perfect comic relief movies. It's fine. I'm just going to say them both. It's like a tie between The Lost Boys. Perfect 80s. Just it's perfection of 80s. You can't go wrong with Kiefer Sutherland and the Corys. You can't go wrong. And Jennifer's body. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's probably one of the only movies that like I I look for so many things, right? Like I took I'm pretty easily entertained. So even if a movie has downfalls, I'm gonna find what I loved about it. Yeah. I'll probably acknowledge what I didn't like or what wasn't good. But I'm going to find a lot of good things about it. And that's how I feel about Jennifer's body is that it was so smart. And it was like the horror version of Mean Girls. You know what I mean? It's it's it was just like this perfect balance of like sexy teen thriller. But also they're so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And like it just the whole thing is stupid and it knows it's stupid. Even the main character is like. None of this makes sense. What the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> have you ever seen Jennifer's Body? I have not. <laughs> it's honestly, it's another one that's worth your time if you like horror comedy. If you don't like horror comedy and the tone of horror comedy, you won't like it. But, but if you do, then you'll think it's stupid and funny. <laughs> also, Jennifer, um, Megan Fox. So, but do you need another yeah. reason to watch a movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need another reason. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those, those two are two of my favorite ever horror comedies. And I, you saw the list. I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> I, I did. I could, it was small enough. I couldn't read anything, but no. It, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely say that. I, I will ask you one more horror, horror movie based question. Yeah. Then we got to move on and talk about some awesome news for, uh, EBX. Yeah. Uh, before, so I had argued with my friend a few days ago. Uh, which Evil Dead is better, first or okay. second one? Okay. What do you think, first or second one? I'm not going to include the third one because I feel like it went off the rails. But I actually, I actually, that was the first one I ever saw was Evil Dead oh, Three. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was an Evil Dead movie because it was like I probably saw it like when it first got released to TV, so mid '90s. So I didn't know what I was watching at all. I didn't know who Bruce Campbell was. I I was a kid when I saw it. So like, but that was my first impression of Evil Dead and I didn't see the other Evil Deads until much later, like the, like the last decade. Um man, that's hard. I'm I think point blank you have to say Evil Dead 2 is better. It is a better piece of film. Um but the first one really laid the groundwork. It was a student film. You know what I mean? Like it was literally a student film made here. Not not far from where I am sitting right now. <laughs> um, like I, I guess it's pretty easy. I think that what it 
what the first Evil Dead contributed to pop culture was more important than how good it is. Because <laughs> I guess it's very bad. I guess at the end of the day, the better movie is Evil Dead 2. It is a better movie. It had a budget. It had a better script. Everything about it is probably better than the first one. The acting, believe it or not, is better. I Yeah, and Bruce Campbell really came into his own, too. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm in the minority with it because I, I like the first one better. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I guess because it's kind of similar to the stuff I do is that just it is kind of raw, a yeah. little bit more gritty. Um, and it, it, I think uh, also I uh, just for what they had to work with, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, for what they had to work with. But uh, I mean, I like two of those uh, include a lot more humor into it. Yeah. Uh, when the chair breaks and everything just starts laughing. One of my favorite scenes in yes. the whole franchise. Yes. The but moose I, I, on the wall. Or is yeah. it a moose or a deer? A deer. A deer. That's one of my favorite things in any horror movie ever. It's so good. Yeah. And then he's chasing the hand, shooting it with a shotgun. Uh, yeah. that like There's definitely better scenes, I think, in the second one. But the first one contributing to not only like pop culture, but just film in general, I thought laid the groundwork for so many, probably more uh, horror movies. But I, I, I go the first one just for, I just yeah. go more significance of it. Yeah, I think, and that's what I said. I think that literally the significance of it within pop culture, what they did with it as students is actually fucking brilliant. Like everything they did, but if you take it out of that context, it's like, this is terrible. Yeah, if, if you show both to someone without any context of here's just two movies. Yeah. They're probably gonna pick the second one. What I didn't like the opening, so he knows what happens in the cabin the first time. And then he, then the second movie takes another girl. Don't you know what's going to happen? Yeah. There's some mixed messages there. There's some, it's like, what is, because it was like half reboot, half sequel. Yeah. And then it, it kind of did like this previously on, like in the beginning, yeah. you know, so it, I don't know that they had clear direction. They were just given money and they kind of wanted to just do the same movie again. Yeah. It, I feel like. But, I don't, yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> the, just the beginning of it. The rest I thought was fine. It all kind of fit in with the context of the, of the film and franchise. If they would have edited, just changed the beginning part a little bit, I thought it would have been fine. Like, yeah. it probably would have been my favorite. But just the, the context is just a little bit wrong uh, in the beginning of it. That, I don't know, it took me out of it a little bit. Obviously, I get back into it with everything else that goes on. But I think just if they would fix that, I would put that as the better one. Did you ever watch Ash for Ash versus the Evil Dead? I've not. I think that's a is that an Amazon Prime special or like a? Nah, it was like HBO or Showtime okay, or something. No, I I I, I can't afford it was, that. <laughs> it was at the time when I watched it. I could. Um, I, it was pretty good. It was actually really good. I never finished it. Um, I I just like kind it kind of fell like life happened and I never continued watching it. But it was actually really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Bruce Campbell is. He's Ash, so you can't really go wrong. Yeah, and I, I did like I, I I know at least a little bit about it, but mm -hmm. I never saw it just because money. Uh, yeah. But, but sure. I did like that he had the original character. Um, you know that he's still doing it, and he's still I mean still do it does it very well. Mm -hmm. uh, that they were able to bring him back for pretty much everything. I think uh, I think pretty pretty much either every reboot or series has him. I think. 
Uh, the the one the reboot that happened, uh, I don't know when it was. I didn't like it. It was not the Evil Dead that we grew up with. Um, and he was not in it. He was not a fan. Uh, it wasn't. was like it was like ultra violence. It had no comedy in it. It wasn't Evil Dead the way we've known it to be. Um, but that was before the series, actually. But it was not. I mean, it was a good movie. I'm not because it, it, it was a good movie, but it was like ultra violent for the sake of being ultra violent Ooh. and like ultra gory. It was like cabin fever meets evil dead. It was very gory and hard for me to watch. Yeah, it was, it was like dead evil. They, they just changed it. I think it was like dead evil or something like that. I no, it was called oh, evil dead. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was literally called evil dead. And it had the same oh. branding with the hand coming out of the the ground. Um, it was just like the ultra violent version of it with no comedy, no, right. there was no like ash. So then that's the problem, right? That was yeah. the problem. It was just too hard for me to watch. I'm not into to like torture porn for the sake of torture, and that's what this was. It was gore porn, mm. and I right. it's not me. I, I, yeah, I'm not either. I, t I talked about yeah. this in another interview I did, uh, for uh, for another podcast. Um, I don't like. I understand the premise of Saw. I've seen the first one, but like, I don't really care for that style. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, let's kill kill a bunch of people and have blood go everywhere for no reason. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't resonate. Like, I understand. Like, we were talking about the boringness of like Halloween Kills, but that was like in context, and I thought it was well done. Or like Rob Zombie, I think that that's kind of like the border for me is like Rob Zombie. Uh, yeah, same. If it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, like I'm okay with that. But like, if it's like, here's someone getting skinned alive in a movie, woohoo! It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't resonate with me. When the premise is people getting tortured, that's a that, no. Yeah. That's where the line is, I think, and it's like, like the Firefly. Fi oh my god, I can't say it. The Firefly family is one of those very fine lines yes. for me, and and it's because they're tragic heroes. They're. They are the the whole franchise. <laughs> but yeah, I just and we watched Spiral when it came out, the new Saw movie that came out this year. And oh. it actually was really good. There were only three because we talked to people about it first. We we wanted to see it because we wanted to see how Chris Rock was in it. <laughs> what? Chris Rock is the main detective in it. And really? um, yeah. And I was like, well, I want to I want to see it, but I also don't want to subject myself to that because it's yeah. a saw movie um and so we talked to a couple people who did watch it and they're like honestly if you are uncomfortable with the saw franchise there's like three scenes that you need to be prepared for otherwise it's a procedural and i agree with that um there were three scenes that were like like oh this is a line this is a line um but otherwise like it had a really interesting premise and it's all about race like it's very timely it's very very timely and like bad apple cops kind of thing definitely super relevant to what's going on yeah. uh i'm gonna check that out because like i've seen the first one and i was like i'm good i'm done uh, the first saw is incredible yeah because it's more like that brilliant psychological horror kind of thing obviously there's still some gory stuff and then they then they're like okay let's step up the goriness for the next three i think they did three three after that not, oh. not including the new one. <laughs> oh no there's like eight saws <laughs> i'm uh, I should better prepare. Uh, I mean, I'm just kidding. Yes, Matthew, there's three. Okay. No, I I'm don't not question. Kidding. You see, you can say that stuff, and I wouldn't question you. 
<laughs> no, there really oh, are yeah, like eight. I, I was, I was trying to make you feel better. There really are like eight. I don't know how many there are, but there really are like eight. There's, there's at least up to saw, and then, then there was jigsaw. Saw seven came out ten years ago. Jeez. Yeah. No, I really I'm wasn't kidding. I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> saw nine was. Oh, saw nine was spiral. Okay. I'm only so, five off. <laughs> so so I was right. I was like, yeah, there's eight. No, there's nine. I'm not, I'm honestly I'm anything that happened after the mid-2000s, I'm not hip to. I, uh, I did not mean to play with your emotions like that. I did. That's okay. I thought I thought you knew I was kidding. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're good. I don't mind. Um uh, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to move on from hopefully more information that I do know now. Yeah. Uh, so currently, EBX working on a brand new album, their fourth album. I hope I got that number right. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, how was it writing and recording the album uh, during a pandemic? So, yeah, you're right about that. The, the majority is, was written during the pandemic, um, and it is our fourth record. There were maybe three or four songs that were written prior to the pandemic that we had started fleshing out, but we had not played them in public. They weren't finalized, nothing like that. Um, and the total amount of rec uh, songs on the record is 12. So the majority have been written over the pandemic through technology. Um we basically all built little studios in our house, which is why I have this microphone. Um, I cut all of my vocals here at my house. The only things that were done at the studio with Kevin was actually drums and bass. And that's because, well, drums are very hard to record in a house. Um, it would be next to impossible to do that. Um, and so they did safely record the drums at the studio. Um, and Phil, who works at the studio anyway, once it was safe for them to go back enough to seeing like two, three people at a time, just themselves, um, Phil did start going back to the studio and he cut a lot of his bass stuff at the studio as well. But me and Johnny and Jen all cut all of our stuff at home, all of our vocals, Johnny's guitars and vocals, all of Jen's keys and vocals, with the exception of like, there's a real organ at the studio that we did use, but like, it was, we recorded it this year. So it's been a little bit more lenient. We've been vaccinated, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so like, but last year uh, we did not, we barely went to the studio last year. Frankly, we barely went to the studio this year. Um, it's It's been hit or miss. Like we try to get together once a week to mix the record, um, but it just doesn't always work out. You know, like sometimes there's just too many people at the studio because you know, um, I, I would just rather be here. Uh, and so it's, it's been, there's a lot of pros and cons because it's hard to be apart from your band and also write when everything is so incredibly collaborative and you work off of each other and you go, Oh, I have an idea for this part. Oh, I have an idea for this part because you're sending back and forth files you know, and then you have to take the time now to listen to that file and be like, oh, do I hear anything I that resonates with me? Or do I hear a melody? Do I have lyrics that work with this? Like it's it's almost more intentional because you, there's not just this guaranteed time in the RV. We're not just traveling for 10 hours with nothing to do because now we have different lives. Everything looks different now. So it's it's like almost it's gratifying in a way that like wasn't before. Because it almost felt like, well, we could write whenever we wanted because we're always together. But now it's like, 
No, if you don't care about writing, we would know already <laughs> because you just wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? So like if we didn't all care so deeply about each other as a group of people, there wouldn't be this record. And then a lot of band bands, a lot of bands have had that happen to them over the pandemic. Yeah. They just fell apart because the, one one reason or the other, you know, it's here nor there. But like it's it's been a struggle. But honestly, and and the reason I'm so glad you had me on your Halloween episode is because this record is called Madness. And um, it it literally it's it's both sides of the spectrum. There are things in, on this record that are very, very dark um, about um, being in love with somebody from afar. There's things about bullies on it from the stuff that I wrote about. When was the last time I dealt with bullies? A long fucking time ago. Um, there's there's a, there are songs that I wrote about bullies on it that is pretty dark. Um, there is a song called Binge on it that is literally about binging horror content. Like, period. Like, it's that's what it's about. But on on its surface, it's called binge, and it, on its surface, it kind of seems very sexual because of the verbiage I use. But if you know that it's about watching horror movies and horror television, you're gonna be like, oh, of course it is. Like, like you have to know that it's about that. But it's that's the best part about it. Um, but yeah, recording over the pandemic has been incredibly taxing. But like I said, it's 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 like almost more gratifying, I think. Because we really, really fucking want to mean it. You know what I mean? It's not just accidental. You know, definitely. I know it's, especially for as tight of a band as you have with Elsie Banks, to be not with each other and having to write and record, I understand that would be super challenging. But I've heard a little bit, you know, uh, some of the songs, uh, and they sound amazing. They're like, I really like the harmonies in some of them. Uh, the guitar parts sound yeah, uh, obviously there's like some really um, hard rocking guitar parts and there's some other softer songs in there as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I think from what I've heard, I really like it. Thank you. We're this is we're this is all of our favorite things. Like it's basically how all of us number one have felt, but number two, how all of us sound individually together. <laughs> like this is the first record that I think accurately reflects all of us as people whereas the other records like yeah of course we all wrote them but it doesn't necessarily speak for all of us um and i don't mean that just like lyrically because i'm me and jen are the only ones who really write lyrics um and darren our drummer as well have has written a couple uh lyrics as well on this one um and he and so it's like this is the first time that the music sounds as cohesive as it does whereas all of our other records sound totally different from each other like totally different yeah this one from, oh yeah uh from like i mean they, they all sound good like in their own way but this one just sounds like there's a nice flow to it like all the songs just kind of go into each other mm -hmm. and um that sounded wrong out of context but <laughs> uh no i get yeah, it the, I know. No, I was just thinking as I said that, and I was like, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, like, it, it all has a nice flow to it. Like, um, it, everything seems to tie into each song. Yeah. And, and like I said, like, it goes, it goes really dark, but it also, there's a couple really, really uh, optimistic songs as well. 
Um, there's, like you said, there's there's a couple lighter rock songs on there as well that aren't dark at all. They're very major chords, very happy. Um, and so we, we go from very dark to very light by the end. Um, but there's also like, it, it kind of actually goes like this. <laughs> Like it goes, it goes up and down and up and down. There's like this roller coaster from the darkness and the light on this record, but it's, but yeah, we tried our best to make it all flow, like getting an order. I don't know if you've ever talked to other bands about how hard it is to put to number one, have all the songs, but then put them in an order that makes sense. <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Really? Um, this shit is terrible. It's not Yeah, fun. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of bands just put it. Hold, hold on, do do you see my cat? Hold on. No, I can't see your cat. Let's see if I can move the camera. Oh no, I can't. Um, I see. I let see me just go wide real quick. There, ah! there's Doris. There she is. Hi, Doris. Well, because I'm wearing these gloves, and she will not come up to me because she doesn't know it's my hand. She just <laughs> sees the gloves. That is funny. That's fantastic. She's, you should have seen her yesterday so like I, well i'll get back i'm sorry i will get back to the album real quick but uh there's a space heater in the corner yeah and i turned it off because it was warm enough and like she loves heaters i don't know why so i'll put her paws under there she'll lay under the heater um but like but she will uh, i turned it off and like then she was just walking around meowing at me like looking so lost like hey what are you doing like yeah, turn it back on it back yeah but anyway, so you're getting back. Um, other than my cat making a cameo because she won't uh, come up to me. She's I can't fine. pet her. Um, yeah, no, I, I haven't really talked to bands about like, but uh, doing that because I think a lot of bands just go like, I want this song to be first, this song to be second. Uh, they don't really pay attention to uh, the flow and stuff. I, I think some bands, you know, do. I think obviously bands on a label do because they don't have as much control over what they want to do. But yeah. I haven't too much about it but there there is an art to it uh because it has to if it's you know two songs sound good but sometimes back to back it just there's a disconnect yeah and it is it is a long drawn out process and it is not fun um it's it's about the vibe of the song it's about the tempo of the song it's it's about the literal content of the song like this song is too dark to be next to this bright bright song like it's it's difficult. And when there's 12 songs, we haven't done this since 2017. The last record we did was only six songs. Um, and it was very easy to figure out the order of those. <laughs> like it just, it just, there was a certain amount of sense that they made. Um, and so like, you know, the, we can't, we don't count the Mean Girls release as a record really, because it was, it was kind of like this exclusive release. It was a reprint of, of a digital song. So like, this the last time we had this many songs to put in order was 2017 and it's just not easy that's what i'll say about that is it is not easy oh you mean since this one yes that one <laughs> well this is actually i have the original too but this is the the uh, re-release reprint i don't know how you want to classify yeah the 2020 reprint we actually got them reprinted right before everything shut down um but i'm glad yeah. because i mean we sold a lot of them before anything happen um but yeah we ran out we, that was the first cd we ever ran out of nice i think i printed I honestly, 500 of the originals honestly i like the the reprint uh i like the colors and everything a lot i, I like you know the first one i thought was fine but like this one but just putting them next to each other as i have them displayed uh yeah. this one 
Yeah, just just like put the other one behind that one. <laughs> you signed that one too, so I have to display yeah. both. It's it's hard because like I was learning as I went to and I was working with an artist who didn't understand print media and I would never throw that artist under the bus or anything. He's a wonderful artist. We are still friends, but there was a lot I didn't know and I didn't know what he didn't know. <laughs> and so we learned together what didn't work. And unfortunately, that album cover didn't work and neither did the print on the CD like I just I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. That's I guess that's the best way I can describe it. And then when I started dating Trish and we started literally working together on art stuff and we were talking about this reprint, it was like, well, I don't want I'm not reprinting. Now I know what I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not reprinting this artwork, but also I didn't want to I love the artwork. I wasn't going to redo the artwork. Um and I, and I'm still friends with, with the artist from that. And so it was like, well, let's compromise a little bit. And so Trish actually re she recolored it, but we got the original artwork and, and recolored it and, and everything like that. And it, it was a long, kind of a long process, but it needed to happen. It needed. Yeah. Sometimes you just yeah. got to live and learn trial and error sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I do that with all my stuff too. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, will this work? Uh, that did not. Let's try something else, shall yeah. we? It just sucks when it's an expensive trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> we had it 500 of those motherfuckers printed, man. It was a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe, like, ordering my stuff is like, I mean, I order like two or three things at a time, not yeah. 500. And like, even then, I don't like paying the price that it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, I mean, luckily with CDs, the more you print, the more of a price cut you get, but it's still not cheap, like by no. any means. So it's 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 it was a hard thing to deal with because I, I didn't want to offend anybody. But at the end of the day, we had to do what was best for us, which was recoloring that. <laughs> no, I like I really like how it turned out. It same. And, and the artwork of Madness is going back to that same color scheme that you're holding that that one the reprint of that's what she said um and so it's it's dark yeah it's dark purples and and greens um it's it's more in that vein yeah so i i, I i've seen a few mock-ups of it uh not yeah. not with color drawings and i think honestly they all look really cool uh yeah. give hard to make with with everything uh but also i know uh i know uh you play uh you play flute on the song on this upcoming album. Uh how how did that come about? Like how did you think of that? And like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do that. Well, I actually played flute on Held Under as well. Um, oh really? There's two flute tracks. One of them's distorted, so it doesn't really sound like a flute, but there's two flute tracks in Held Under. Um, and I've I literally played flute my entire childhood going through college because I was planning to be a music director. So I played liter like literally like lessons and studied in college um to do flute as a career path and and you know music theory. Um and so like at one point I think Kevin had probably put a fake flute in it, like because just with his MIDI controller. And I was like, I can play that. I literally have a $2,000 flute sitting at home collecting dust because I didn't go on that career path. Like, and he's like, okay, so I did it. And then the same thing happened again when he was working on Goddess, which was, I put this fake flute part on it, but I'm guessing you're going to want to record that it for real, right? And I'm like, 100%, I got this. <laughs> so that was that was the first thing when we started going back to the studio. Um, a couple of months ago, whenever that was, 
that was the first thing I did was I recut flute. Uh, well, I cut flute because it was fake flute. Um, so yeah, there's a couple different tracks of flute in Goddess. I love it. And I then he know made, about it. I yeah, he made a weird flute siren thing at the end of Goddess too. So whenever everybody hears the end of Goddess, like this little weird siren thing in the end is a flute as well. But I didn't play it. <laughs> It, I didn't, he did that. He just like took a piece of my flute and made it crazy. <laughs> but he's but, going, uh, yeah, I play my flute like a siren. It sounds like a little siren. It's yeah. very strange. I believe, I mean, I know Kevin, uh, I know, you know, his, his producing skills are incredible. Just his long list of uh, albums he's produced and helped produce. And the bands he currently works with, too. He He's incredible with, you know, doing so much different stuff and getting the best out of each person he works with. Yeah. He's really amazing. He really pushes people to get the best performance and he's pushed me. We were talking, I was talking with Kevin earlier today and we were talking about how we've helped each other so much, like improve each other's lives and like what we do because I've learned so much from him and he's learned so much from me. He's not a singer. So you can only know so much um, outside of what you don't do. And that I'm not a producer. And I've learned so much from him. And he's actually a really good songwriter. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if anybody knows that. No. He's he's no, a really he has his own band and he has for a long time. Um, it's called West Nile. <laughs> I don't know if they've ever released music professionally before, but they have songs that they've written, um, him and a singer. And there's actually a couple collabs that I, I actually sang on a couple of them last year. Um, I, I don't think they've been released or anything yet, but he has a band and he is one of the songwriters and he has always been a very good songwriter. And he's one of the people that helped me really hone in my songwriting skills when I, when we first started working together on the first record. And like, I don't think anybody knows that, like, we know that, but like, he's a good songwriter. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, I, so, I knew him more from producing. Yeah, he he literally hears when when he's working on something, he'll be like, I hear a harmony or I hear this line of words. Can we work this in? Or like, I hear something else needs to be written here. Like there's a disconnect between this chunk of the song and this chunk of the song. There's there's another chunk of the song missing. He will hear things like that. And it that goes beyond producing skills. You know, like he's he's writing things in his head and then contributes to the writing of these records like. He has such a big hand in, in what he does. He really does, I think, exceed what a producer normally would do. I really do think that. I, I definitely agree because usually a producer just like, all right, I made the mix sound good and that's it. You know, that, that's usually like kind of the extent of what they do, but actually to help write and actually help, hey, we need to add this part in because it'll make the song better. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he, he definitely goes beyond being a producer. Yeah, 100%. For sure, but definitely, I look forward to uh, to the new album when that drops. Uh, I know you guys are still working on it and working on a yeah. release date and all that stuff. But we're at the I tail end, though. It will be this year. I am, I am certain of that. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely, uh, uh, very confident about that. But I definitely look forward to listening to that. Uh, because uh, I just, it just from what I've heard, it just, I think it's going to be some of your, some of the best EBX work, I think. Thank you. I selfishly agree with you. 
I just think I, I, I agree. That's it. That's the whole story. I agree. <laughs> so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'm going to leave some links for EBX in the uh, description. Also, I'm going to leave some links for Aaron in the description of this podcast. But because real quick, because we've gone way over what the time I thought I was going to take. Um, <laughs> you've been uh, uh, constantly streaming on Twitch uh, for a year and a half now. I, uh, pretty close to a year and a half, about-ish. Uh, and you're right now at a huge uh, push for partners. So how is that going? So it's going really, really well, actually. Um, I unfortunately, when I started my push for partner, which I'll to the the too long don't read of what partner means on Twitch is that you have 75 concurrent viewers per stream. So you have to be as consistent as humanly fucking possible to get partner, which is like basically the verification process. Basically, it means you're fucking somebody on Twitch. It's it's almost the equivalent of Twitter, Instagram, like those kind of places being verified. Um, and so like right now I'm at 67. <laughs> you got to have 75 to apply to be verified. And they can still turn your ass down too. Like, but once you open the application, you can apply every month, I think. So if your numbers are looking really good and consistent, you can keep applying every month and eventually they'll probably give you it. But um, to even open the application up, you have to have that 75 average concurrent viewers. I'm currently at around 66. Um, I've gotten up to 60. And it, it's so stupid. They do decimals to two period, uh, two, what am I trying to say? Two, two decimals after the whole number. So I've yeah. gotten up to 66.9 is the highest it's been. Um, today is 66 point something. That's a little bit lower, but it, it is what it is. It's still very high. Um, the percentage of people that ever get averages that high is very small. Most people live in the tens, twenties and that it getting to where I've gotten is incredibly stressful <laughs> and it's hard. It's really hard. Um, you know how often I stream it's, it's a lot. It's like about 20 hours a week, which is only a part-time job technically, but literally, it is so much extra effort, like with all the technology and it's a whole other thing with social media, like forget about having to deal with banned social media. Now I have all of my own social media to worry about too. Whereas my own social media didn't matter so much before. So it's, it's a whole other career path that I didn't know I needed. Um, and I think you're right. It's been about a year and a half because April, 2020 was when I started on my channel. The band started in March, but we started in 2020. I mean, in April. Um, but like, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a lot. And my partner, Trish, is my co-host. Most people don't have that either. I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> she can talk when I'm like, just like not paying attention. <laughs> it's no, a lot. I it, no, it is. And I know that you obviously you can consistently do it. And not only you have your Twitch uh, schedule, but also you're, you're on collabs with other streamers as well. And like you do that uh, quite a bit, too, at least uh, I would say at least once a week, maybe more. Uh, yeah. So, like it's not, so mm -hmm. it's not just like you streaming your channel. You're also on other people's channels. Uh, plus, you got to get ready. I know you do. Uh, you, you've uh, 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 let's see, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dr uh, dressed up as like Lady Gaga. I think you were Brittany one time during mm -hmm. a couple times during uh, stream. So you definitely put effort into uh, yeah. your streams. 
Yeah. Like yesterday I was like a neon demon for just like no reason. I was like, I'm going to be a demon today. So I did like special, like I did a costume and makeup and, and so it's like, yeah, this does take time and effort and people, people don't realize how much technology it takes to understand all this shit. And like the literal power of stuff sitting on this desk right now. And just, it's a, it's a big commitment and it is my main income right now. And it's, it's scary. It's really scary because it's just relying on people. There's no wages. It's not like you get a certain amount per stream. You're creating your own empire and just trusting that people are going to support you, which is pretty much what it's like to be in an original band. Yeah. <laughs> so any, it's just like the different version of that. <laughs> or anything original. I mean, this podcast too, is I put it out and yes. hopefully people pay attention. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to put a paywall up. You just have to hope that people will yeah. support you and however you can, because you don't want to do a paywall. You don't want to do that. People just want to support you. And if they can help you monetarily, they will, you know, and it's just, it's, it's hard because it's not, it is a job, but it's not a job. It's, it's such a hard thing to describe to people because you don't understand what stretch, stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the combination of twitch streaming stretch that's what it is i think you just invented a new word i do that a lot um but like people have no idea what it is to stream they they have an idea of what it is to stream like games to like play games and, and like have people support that but streaming music like i didn't know and then i saw all these people doing it and i was like oh my god i can do that and then i was like oh my god this is a lot <laughs> Like, I didn't know. I had no idea what I, again, I didn't know what I didn't know, but, but it's a whole new career path. And there are, there are really, really powerful people on Twitch, like, um, like, uh, Triviums, Matthew Heafy is a partner and Christina Scabia of Lacuna Coil is a partner. There are so many people I need to get on the radar of to help Elsie Banks. That's, that's what I'm trying to do at the end of the day. I just want to get on. What if we could, because I got partner, because we got to go like, tour with lacuna coil what what that'd be so crazy that would be killer no that right? would, that would be That's awesome because I'm, i mean i love lacuna coil too but right like that would be fucking crazy all because like i just want to get on somebody's radar that's that's all it is that's all i'm trying to do because that's all you can do as an original band unless you have a ton of money in the bank and you can just payroll to go out on tour that's the sad sad truth yeah, I was talking to somebody. We we're talking about a different topic, but it's, it's still the same thing. If you have money, like if like oh, if I had you know, uh, you know, if you can bankroll everything, then you're fine. But like it's getting to that point, and a lot of people aren't. Honestly, yeah. the people who like uh, I, I see a lot on like social media, it's not the people who are the super best and the most skilled. It's the people with money yeah. that are like getting promoted, getting pushed. At least I noticed, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh but there, there's a lot of great people like you know skilled people i think are getting overlooked just because they don't have the capital for it yeah and it's like when you get asked to go on tour if you've gotten on somebody's radar that's fine and dandy we've had that happen we've had two real tour offers it's over at 10 grand to get to then go you have to pay them ten, over 10 grand it's usually between 15 and 20. um and who can do that there's not who can do that <laughs> like we know a couple bands in the Michigan area who have done that because their parents had the money and it's like, Oh, that's so nice of them. <laughs> cool. 
it, money talks and it sucks. But like, if I can get a partnership on Twitch, that might be some opening doors. And like, like that's, that could be really important for us as a band. Like it's, it might seem like it's like about me and the band knows this. Like I get paranoid that people think that it's like me, 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 I'm letting go of the band, but it's like, no, this is literally for the band. <laughs> it's it's uh, hard. It's a lot. I, I think, I think people do, you know, see that, that it's, um, you know, if you progress your, you know, obviously with yourself and the band, like the band kind of, you know, the band goes with you too. Yeah. Right? Cause you're not, you're not leaving the band. You're not giving up. You're not, you know, doing no. that. It's, um, it, it's all about making connections, and yep. that is, I think, that's like the biggest thing. And, and with stuff I do, it's just the connections you've made, because uh, mm -hmm. like, I know this person, this person knows this person, kind of thing. Or hey, I wound up being partners, so I, I, I talked to this person who knows this person, or I talked to this person who's going on tour, or whatever. So right. it's just it's all about connections to help mm -hmm. further, uh, obviously, the band. Because that is obviously what you're doing, but um, but if you make the connections, it's awesome. It helps the band. Exactly, and that's that's all I want. That's that's literally all I want. And now I have the wherewithal to just I'm I'm frank about it. It's because people are like, "Why do you want partner so bad?" I'm like, "Oh, I'll tell you why." People think like it's like I said, like they're just like, "Well, you want the attention." Like it, you don't make more money as a partner. Like you just you don't. It depends on who's in your streams and stuff. So it's not about that. It's literally about exposure that's always what it's about is exposure yeah. and i think a lot of twitch streamers music streamers anyway um if they don't have a band or they didn't necessarily gig before the pandemic that might not be what it's about for them you know but we've been pounding the pavement for seven years like <laughs> you know this is it's a lot of 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 nonsensical work it doesn't even make sense to put that kind of effort into it when i'm getting this far on twitch so it's like i'm just gonna keep pushing forward and keep manifesting my numbers upward mm. <laughs> um i'm confident in the next couple weeks we'll get to 75 though i am i don't know i'm not gonna say it out loud i'm just gonna say that i'm confident that it's going to happen in the next couple weeks I think so. I think definitely you put a lot of effort into uh, your streams, not only like what you what you do, but obviously, you know, the costumes you use and everything. Mm -hmm. I think people see that instead yeah. of, hey, I'm here to play music. It's like, hey, I got the songs I got. I look cool doing it. So <laughs> I, I, I think that that goes a long way. Thank you. I I do. I know a lot of the people who are in this community, in the Twitch community that we've been creating do. They really do see it. They do see it. And it's just a matter of time. And I know you've always been one of them. And that's the best part is that I love when people in real life, like IRL friends of the band or of me or whoever do pop into the stream. Cause it's, it's like two worlds colliding, you know, it's like, Oh my God, I know you. And you know what I do, you know, it's, it's like this whole other level of connection. And, and there's a handful of you that do come in that are, that are like IRL. Like I know who you are. <laughs> I've met you in real life. You exist. Hey. It is cool, especially, um, you know, obviously I've, I've been super busy with everything, so I haven't been lately, but I do try to pop in every, uh, you know, every time I can. I know. I mean, with, the, with the super not obvious name of Super Cool Matthew. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Definitely not obvious it, at all. It works. It totally works. <laughs> But no, it's it's, a, it's always a fun time uh, in in your streams because like everybody, it's not just you having a good time. It's like everybody in the chats 
uh, they're all having a good time too. Like you can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's my goal is to literally have fun. I just want to have fun doing what I'm doing. And a lot of musicians will tell you this too, is that when you don't have control over what you're doing anymore, it, this shit is not fun. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, I just want to have fun again because I gave so much of my life to like the wedding industry and, and even just pounding the pavement with EBX, you still can only do so much. Yes, you're playing your own music, but you still got to play by other people's rules mm -hmm. um, and pay to play. Like, we all know about that shit. Like, it's no, wait, what do you mean? so... <laughs> what, how, whatever do you mean? Um, like, the tours and, and you know what I mean? Like, just it's constant pay to play and, and yeah. just that constant paywall. And it's like, at the end of the day, it takes half the fun out of it. Oh, yeah. Like it, I'm going broke just to play the music I want to play. What? How does that make any sense? <laughs> no, I, I I totally feel you. Especially like I mean, uh, even with stuff I do, like I'm you know similar with the band, like solely independent. And people are like, all right, you got to play by these rules, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, your name's not on this. You're not this yeah. podcast. Uh, and and it's it's hard to get away from that because like everything, especially like now, everything just seems. I think the word politics overused, but it's just like there's so much in the music industry with stuff. And there's so many like people got beefs with this person. It's like, so what? You're not me. Like, why why do you care? Like yeah. what I'm doing. Uh and it's just it's just odd. It's just, to me, I just I find it very odd. Yeah, it's a, a lot of unnecessary red tape. That's yeah. and it's it is it's just unnecessary. It's it's totally unnecessary. Just let me do what I'm gonna do. <laughs> like at the end of the day. And it's, it's, that's what, honestly, that's what Twitch is all about. That's what you're doing too. Like you just want to do what you want to fucking do. Let me do it. <laughs> yeah. And like, but I tell people, if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, watch what I do. You don't have to be in the streams. You don't have to do any of that. You can leave me alone. <laughs> you don't have to be around. Right. I have literally said that to people. You've probably heard me say it in streams when people come in and they're like they they say something totally off the wall like oh my god you're gay it's like and what's your point are you are you staying are you going what are you what's your point yeah like like did you have a point like leave <laughs> exactly. that you know what i mean like people are so strange and it's like you're the one clicking on my content yeah <laughs> you could have scrolled past like yeah people have a lot of time and energy to be cruel and or like just totally unnecessary no i yeah i agree especially the internet's a very vast place there's other mm -hmm. places you could go exactly exactly and it, you don't see that happening in real life either that's only really like a digital space issue you know yeah. people aren't walking up to me in real life and saying those things and if they did i'd probably call somebody over them over here to punch them so i don't break a nail in the process no 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 uh -uh. yeah no, i i totally agree with like the the stuff people say like to me like you know digitally they would never say that to me in person mm -hmm. uh no. also i don't think people realize how tall i am <laughs> i think people kind of forget that uh that's funny yeah it's like oh cool you could you can talk a lot but like i'm six one two twenty i mean you know good luck right, like, <laughs> let me stand up are you still gonna keep talking like yeah, it's, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're a different, little different, little bit of a different story. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's just true. You, you 
don't know who you're messing with like online. Yeah. You, you only see part of a person online. You don't see their actual like you though you see their actual personality, but you don't see like them actually in real life. Because I've had people say stuff to me online, like I see them in person. Oh, you got nothing to say. Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that I don't have to meet some people that have like done that to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm so glad that it's a digital space that I've been working in now for over a year because it's kind of refreshing to not deal with people who because some of them do have balls. Some of them will come up and say some dumb shit in, in real life. But but it's it's kind of refreshing that even in a digital space, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. And and then when it does, it's like, okay, ban, ban and block, goodbye. Like I don't have to walk away in real life or try to figure out how to get out of the conversation because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I love being in charge of my space and there's nowhere else like that. Like, like your podcast is no, you're in charge of your space, you know? Exactly. If you don't like the shit going on, you shut it down. And that's how I am on Twitch too. Yeah, you do it really fast too. I've only seen like maybe <laughs> one or two occasions and it's usually Trish yeah. on top of it too. She's like, nope, <laughs> this comment, yeah, goodbye. nope. Goodbye. Yep. It's magic. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, it, it's kind of, uh, I'm going to wrap it up because hour and a half already. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's fun. Like, uh, you know, Kayla uh, drained your stage drive. Uh, mm -hmm. I met her in real life and like I met her digitally first. Mm -hmm. Everyone says this like when they meet me in like they met me digitally, then they meet meet me in real life. Um, wow, you're so tall. So I guess like I guess I give off uh, short person vibes when I'm here because like you only see this part of me. <laughs> I don't know. I can see maybe because you have a baby face. You have a bit oh. of a baby face, and so maybe that's what the vibe is. I mean, I can't unknow that you're tall. Because I've met you first before I started doing this. Right. So like I wouldn't. It would be hard for me to unknow that, but yeah. like, I, it could just be because you have a baby face. You look very young. Like that's just, you, you know, <laughs> I know, but like, that's why I was like, you are, but you know what I mean? But you have the youthfulness staying in your face. Hopefully yeah. it'll stay for a long time. <laughs> I hope so. It's the only good thing I got going for me. <laughs> no, no, it's not true. Kidding. <laughs> uh, it's funny. A few years ago, I, I turned 21, and uh, I went to an R-rated movie with some friends. I forgot what we were watching. Uh, some R-rated movie. I got carded for an R-rated movie. I could see. Obviously, I can get carded for alcohol. I get. You know, I, I understand. That's a given. But R-rated movie, really? Yeah. When so, I still smoked cigarettes, I would get carded, and I'm like, "Thanks, thank you. Yeah. I'll take it." I will take that. I, I was not mad about it. I still get carded every once in a while, but it's, I mean, half the time they, they card everyone at the table. So I don't take it like personally. I don't like, it's not that much of a compliment when they're going to card everybody, but that's awesome though. Like to get carded going into a movie. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause like my friend who was younger than me, not by much, but younger than me didn't get carded. And I did. I was like, well, what is this? He's younger yeah. than me. Yeah. But that's all right. I don't mind it. But it's uh, a good thing. You got to keep, you just keep the baby face and you'll be fine. That's, but that's probably what it is, is that people just have this idea in your mind, e even if they don't know that you're literally younger than them, like they just, they probably can see like that you have a baby face and then maybe that's in their brain and you're short. I don't know. I know plenty I know of people who are tall. Everybody's taller than me. So I just assume everybody's taller than me. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to keep this as long as I can. Uh, yeah. Not for any surgery means so, but just hopefully it just stays. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting plastic surgery now. Just keep it. Yep. That's what that's what the A-list celebrities do. They start Botoxing when they're like 30. Seriously. Yeah. To keep it like looking like they're like 30. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't want to put snake oil on my head. <laughs> no, I don't like needles either. The only type of needles I like are the ones for tattoos and they don't go in your skin. So it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Everything's uh, fine. I don't like needles at all. So that's just me. <laughs> Especially yeah. face, like giant needle in the face. And I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you can see it too. Anyway. Yeah, I don't do any of that. None of that. Unless no. it's 100% necessary, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is. But <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got on that topic, but uh, we wrapped up the interview. It's over, over an hour and a half. I was expecting to go six It's okay. Uh, it's okay. You got us talking about horror movies. What did you expect? <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so if anyone wants to check out, where, where's the best way to check out Elsie uh, Banks and uh, your own personal stuff uh, on the interweb? So I would say the easiest place to go to Elsie Banks is just elsiebanks.com because that's that's the hub of everything. I keep it updated. That's every social media link, every single place you can listen to our music, just elsiebanks.com. Um, and then for me, I actually have um, ebxaron.com. And that is every, that's kind of the hub for me as well. But there's no underscore in it because... I learned that you can't put underscores in URLs. I didn't really think about it until. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, <laughs> until I tried to do it and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so it's just regular EBX era, no underscore.com. Um, and that is kind of the hub of all my information as well. Um, kind of just keep it simple, you know? Yeah, I will. I'm going to leave both those links in the description of this podcast because of technology. So it'll be down there. Technology. <laughs> I. I I really appreciate uh, you coming out, hanging, hanging with, hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Uh, first ever interview, now back, 175 plus episodes later. Uh, I had a great time talking about Halloween horror, uh, the new album madness, uh, all of that stuff. Yes, and thank you for having me. It's such a great time. It always is, and I was I was gonna do it earlier this year, then I was like, you know what, Halloween. It's got to be Halloween. And it, and it worked out so perfectly between my own personal obsession with Halloween and horror, like, and the album being coming, bleh, coming out right around the same time. You couldn't have timed it better. So great, oh, yeah. great job. <laughs> hey, I'm all about that timing without even trying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, but uh, for EBX and for yourself, like, how are you going to close out uh, 2021 and what's kind of the plans for 2022? Honestly, like our plans are to continue streaming. Once we finish this record and it's like out, we've let it go into the world. We're actually going to get back to doing full band streams. Um, and then uh, we might we might try to do like a New Year's stream or something like that um, and prepare for that and like play the whole new record and, and take requests and stuff as a band on Twitch. Um, but next year, we're going to try to start booking shows for the spring. We're going to see how it goes. Um, that is what our goal is, though, is to actually start pounding the pavement again. But not like detrimentally so probably big shows like the ones that come through town like that we can jump onto um that makes sense that kind of thing um we probably will try to tour but like not super long you know what i mean like we'll probably try to go all the way down to florida come back kind of thing or um 
because that's what we were actually doing. That was the first big tour that got canceled. We had planned our own tour. Um, it wasn't all the way down to Florida, but it was down to Nashville and back. Like I did hear about um, I, I, yeah, I did hear about that. We, that was like the very first, other than the gig that we were literally on our way to Indiana for. Um, other than that gig, that, that following weekend, I know that following weekend, we were supposed to go out of town to Nashville and be gone for a week. And that was the first big thing that we were like, oh, none of this is happening. Um, and so like it, two whole years later, we're hoping that the springtime, we're going to start looking into booking probably in February, March, and then really start like pounding the pavement again. But like I said, smartly so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. It's kind of funny that South Bend show, like I literally, that weekend was weird for me. Like I had no surgery that Thursday and then that oh. Friday I was like sleeping the whole day because like the anesthesia just really messed me up. It just, cause the surgery wasn't painful. It was just, I don't know, the anesthesia messed me up. Mm -hmm. And then that Saturday, I think Saturday, or was it Friday the show? I don't remember. It was Friday or Saturday yeah. was that show. It was Friday. Cause we actually did a Friday. show the following day. Okay. Well, I'm glad that didn't work because I was like, dead that whole day uh, <laughs> and I'm glad I would have done it but I probably would not have been good uh, no. uh but I, it wouldn't have been very good but like that Saturday that like well, even Friday too like I woke up that whole that my whole city was shut down like the Lion King was supposed to be here that got canceled you guys were playing a show and there was something else downtown like all that within like 24 hours because I, I was there wasn't anything wrong on Thursday when I was there at the hospital, like everything was right. cool. It wasn't anything. Yeah. And then just boom, like that, the whole city shut. And you actually told me, like, you know, your city's shut down. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> because I was, because I knew we had something planned. I think you were going to come hang out and do a quick interview before yeah. the show. And we, we were on our way. We were fucking down the road. We had, we had got, we hadn't gotten far. We got like 40 minutes from like our home base. And um, we got the call that, the bartenders were not coming in. They had nobody to run the show. It's not that the show got canceled. It's that the bartenders put their foot down, the the, the bar staff, I should say, put their yeah. foot down and said, we're not coming. And on that day at that time, that didn't make sense. Hindsight, obviously. But we were like, what the fuck? Like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we thought yeah. there was a chance it was going to get canceled, but we were hoping it was going to get canceled days in advance so we could plan. But when it didn't get canceled, we were like, fuck it push through we'll get through this weekend and then we're, we're gonna take every day day by day but then when it didn't get canceled it was like i guess we're gonna go like it was kind of it was so hard to make that call and now we're so used to setting boundaries whereas it's like if i'm not comfortable i'm not doing it period but two years ago that was not how it was <laughs> yeah i'm i'm honestly everything being what it is now just in, for me personally and the whole world i'm i'm glad it, it actually didn't uh happen but yeah that like by that eight o'clock that day like the whole city was shut down yeah like, like yeah like, we if we had made it to your city we there wouldn't have been a show anyway i'm glad we didn't leave any earlier because if we'd made it there that would suck we would have just gotten there and been like Oh well, shit! I guess we're turning around. Like that would have been a huge waste of time, huge waste of gas, huge waste of energy. But what we did was we started a Twitch channel that day. Yep. That was the day we started our Twitch channel on the LC Banks channel. I think we were live stream that day too. Yep. We had no idea what the fuck we were doing. Not a clue. Couldn't tell you anything about Twitch that day. 
We did like three more streams. Still couldn't tell you what the fuck I was doing. I didn't really learn what I was doing until a couple months later, but that's here nor there. Well, yeah, we, we did a show the next day in real life and we considered canceling, but it just, we, we went forward anyway, because we kind of knew it was going to be the last one. Because the following weekend was out of town and we're like, this it's not going to happen. So we kind of took it as like a little bit of a farewell. We kind of knew we felt it. We felt it in the air. It was very strange. And we're very lucky that we didn't get sick from that. But but yeah, we felt there was something weird in the air. We knew it was going to be the last gig for a long time. If somebody told me it would be probably to be two years, I, I would have said you're fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone knew the magnitude of what, what was going to happen. I don't, and yeah. no one could have uh, really seen it be going on as you know where we are right now. Yeah, I, I, I am confident though that we'll be able to do gigs in the spring. I, I'm fairly confident that that'll be okay. I like when we had started planning, we started planning a release show in ten days from now. It was supposed to be ten days from now was our original release show. I was so hopeful when we started planning that. And then as the months passed, I was like, this isn't, we can't do this. Like, I just knew in my heart, I was like, this isn't going to be good for us. Like, it's not going to be good for me mentally. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to be okay. Like, I'm, it, and so I'm just, I'm really hoping that like, what, in six months from now, you know, it's going to be a little bit easier, you know, and people around me might care a little bit more. <laughs> Or they might not have to care a little bit more because it's, you know what I mean? Like, it just depends on where we're at. It totally depends on where we're at. No, I, I totally agree. But definitely, I hope, uh, obviously, big thing right now, album release. Uh, and uh, it, the full band uh, live streams would be awesome. Uh, yeah, we're hope, definitely planning that. I, I definitely, I will definitely uh, try to make it out. I know January, I'm not doing anything. Nothing planned for the core radio. So I don't have an excuse. So it means I'm going to be there. <laughs> and by by there, I mean right here. Digitally, yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it sounds awesome, definitely. Uh, check out Madness when it drops, when you guys work on releasing that uh, by the end of the year. I will leave links uh, in the description of this podcast because of beauty technology. Definitely, please check out Sport. Give a like to Elsie Banks. Check out Aaron if you uh, definitely uh, help her push for partner, uh, lurk or do whatever uh, in the streams. Nicely, of course. Nicely. So, yeah. Um, anything else before I sign off? Or are you good? Happy Halloween. <laughs> that is right. I, honestly, I don't think I can do that any better. But <laughs> have a great uh, sp uh, spooky Halloween. Watch some fun movies that we talked about. And hopefully get nightmares. Courtesy of us. Spooky. <laughs> of course, I am your host for this episode only. Count Super Cool. Aaron Akamano of LC Banks, thank you so much for hanging out with me. And you've been watching Super Bowl Radio. Stay frosty. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs>